Welcome to BCM Reviews. I'm your host, Brian, and today I'm being joined by not one, but two guests. Introduce yourself, gentlemen. All right. Well, I guess I'll go first because I'm a regular at this point. Uh, <laughs> I'm Etienne Bourgeois, and today we're joined by... Vincent Bourgeois. And as I like to call them, the Bourgeois. <laughs> <laughs> you got All the right. wombo combo today. Yeah, so today what we're doing is that we're continuing our trip through Batman's cinematic legacy. So we did Batman 89 all the way till Batman and Robin, which was a downer. (laughs) (laughs) It was a downer reviewing that movie. It was tough. (laughs) So I thought to ourselves, it would be a great palate cleanser if we did the Dark Knight trilogy, which are superior films, obviously. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so you know what? Let's get let's get started. Um, so before we uh, talk about it, there's the uh, moment of time between uh, Batman and Robin till Batman begins, like a seven year gap, where the studio was basically trying to figure out how are they going to bring back this franchise. They realized, okay, we led this whole thing. You know, we turned this whole thing around. We we let it crumble into ashes, and we needed to rise back. You know, like the phoenix that it is. So, the studio learns from their mistakes, and they start to realize that okay, people want this darker version of Batman, sort of in that same vein of that Frank Miller Year One, Dark Knight Returns, and all that type of stuff. So, at the time, around like late nineties, early two thousands, a lot of uh, you know, people are starting to throw their pitches, right? Um, I believe the Wachowskis had a pitch for a Batman movie, but I don't think anything came out of that. Joss Whedon, the, the notorious Joss Whedon, uh, <laughs> has um, had a pitch for a Batman movie, but, you know, as we all know, nothing came out of that. And it actually, his pitch was somewhat interesting. Um, it basically had Bruce Wayne... It was going to be mostly a Bruce Wayne focused story where Batman is kind of like on the side and it was kind of be like a psychological thriller where it's going to introduce a new character. And as uh, Joss Whedon has said, uh, he was laughed out of the uh, conference room when he pitched that idea, which I would have done the same thing too. Yeah. Anyway, um, so there was another um, pitch. It was a Batman versus Superman movie which, believe it or not, they actually were planning to get Colin Farrell to play Batman and oh. Jude Law to play Superman. I don't know about Jude Law, but I think Colin Farrell would have worked well. I agree. I agree. Yep. And ironically, as we all know, Colin Farrell is going to be playing the Penguin. So somehow he got his hands into joining the Batman franchise, you know? Yep. Um, there was another pitch for Batman Beyond with Paul Dini and stuff like that, but that never came to existence. But there was one pitch... That, came, that was very close. It was with a filmmaker by the name of Darren Aronofsky. And he made films like Requiem for a Dream. I'm just say that if okay. you guys plan to watch that movie, it's a very tough film. It talks about addiction. And it's a very, very, like, very hard. You know what I mean? So you're going to have to really get your mind straight before you watch that movie. So... Oh, he made Black Swan too, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, Black I Swan that. and all those movies. Yeah, so... Yeah. The uh, film was originally supposed to be like a year one adaption, which was going to be co-written with Darren Aronofsky and Frank Miller. 
but you know the film was going to be very dark yeah i, I <laughs> and with, the, with those people in charge i can imagine and it was going to be rated r and the the pitch was very interesting it was going to be like um taxi driver meets death wish where in this one um uh bruce wayne wasn't rich he had lost everything after his parents died he works in a garage with with uh, the guy who owns it named his name is big al which as we all know is alfred <laughs> and he lost his front teeth and the sure. uh, yeah okay and uh, and um he doesn't travel the world to learn martial arts he was going to be really like uh how can you say really hard like he was going to be like um it was going to be very psychological. It was going to like have him write letters to his dead father and stuff like that. He had a signet ring, which looked very interesting. So the signet ring, I'll actually draw it for you guys. So the signet ring was going to have his father's initials. So, so you guys see the TW? Yep. Oh, that's cool. And, and it kind of looked like a bat too, I, I guess, if you just <laughs> continue the lines. Yeah. And it sort of looked like a bat in that way. Yeah, cool. And it was actually going to be very hardcore. And you actually had like, you know, while writing the movie, Frank Miller even said that the idea that Darren Aronofsky had planned was very like messed up, even for his tastes. You know what I mean? And the idea was that Gordon was going to be this cop who was like contemplating suicide. And, uh, you know, you were going to have moments where Batman was like nearly beating people to death with his signet ring to the point where there's like little bits, bits of flesh on it. I know, right? And the uh, bat suit was actually going to, made up, make, make, was going to be made of uh, old hockey equipment. Cool. So, you know, that line... Uh, I'm not wearing hockey pads. <laughs> That's where it comes from. Interesting. You know, that would have, like, I, it, that pitch is interesting. It doesn't feel like Batman to me, you know, with so, but I feel like that could have made, like, a good Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> kind of a more ragtag, dealing with insanity, uh, going too far kind of story. Obviously, Moon Knight didn't have the name recognition back then, nor does he yeah. have it yet. Mm-hmm. But, so, yeah. as we all know, the studio was actually, like, they were interested in doing it, but they realized, okay, is it marketable though? Can we sell toys? Can we do all these things in order to give it a, um, right. you know, a wide appeal to it? But unfortunately they said no. And, you know, Darren Aronofsky moved on and did some other stuff. And the studio is still like looking to, um, you know, do some other things and, uh, and you know, try to find a way to make this friend make bring this bring the franchise back, basically. And they did, and this is where we enter Christopher Nolan. Thank God. Yes. Save <laughs> you. And you know, Nolan at the time is a young independent filmmaker. He made films like The Following, uh, a really good one, Memento, and uh, what was that other one? The one with Al Pacino and, Rob, and Robin Williams. Um, Insomnia. Insomnia. Yeah, that, that was a really good one. So he comes at it with 
a whole different approach where we're going to, you know, ground it and put it in into the cinematic reality. And in its own way, it worked. Um, he was actually not really like, you know, his name actually came up in like this big long list of directors that they were looking at. And, you know, he had previous history with the studio by making that film uh, Insomnia with Al Pacino and Rob De Niro. So they were kind of like, okay, we're very interested in the work of this filmmaker and all that. So what, what do you guys think of that? I mean, <laughs> I, I can't talk about the decision that, that came into to picking him, but I think it was the right one, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah, yeah same here. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of his work before the Dark Knight trilogy, so I can't speak on that. But obviously we know the outcome and the, the, the angle he like he took for the Batman franchise worked and uh come to note that like as a masterpiece we know today so obviously yeah. it was a good choice <laughs> yeah. yeah so let's talk about the good the the stuff that you know we enjoy about this movie so the good is that this film is basically for the first time this was like in 05 so for the first time it really explores Batman Batman's origins right and a little side note there, I think it should have been the last time, if I can be quite honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it, so you basically have in this story kind of like a beginning, a middle, end, especially with this trilogy, and especially in Batman Begins, where you begin in this type of, you know, the hero's journey, this pilgrimage through the world, and you have him, you know, you, you learn, you, you basically learn how he, he's, a, he's a fighter. We learn why he doesn't use a gun. We learn about all of these things and, and stuff of that nature. And um, yeah, so do you guys agree that this should have been like the last time we explored Batman's origins? Yeah, um, probably. Oh, yeah, maybe. But I feel like I feel like they butchered like the last Batman movies, in my opinion. Well, ish, like Superman movies or Justice League movies. Um, I don't know. I don't know because was it like for the, like the Christopher Nolan uh, movies for the ba- the Dark Knight trilogy? Mm. It was really like more like real approach to the Dark Knight, and it wasn't well. It, it, it did like explore some of the comic aspects of Bruce Wayne. Yeah, like it borrowed stuff from like you know I'm gonna pull these bad boys out. Yeah, year one. Yeah, exactly. yeah, and. and- it really took the source material seriously, you know. Like we talked about, you know, uh, all the um, all the previous Batman movies, like the Tim Burton Schumacher. As great as they were, they never actually took uh, the source material into account. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, so I don't think it's necessary to like explore that again. But I would like to have because it's such a big part of Batman's personality and and all that. So I, I would hope that they at least mention it. Yeah. or reference in some ways because yeah. Bruce Wayne is who he is and the Batman is what it is um like what he represents is because of like his origin story so yeah his trauma the, like, the, the trauma is an integral part of the character yes yeah. it's yeah. similar to Spider-Man like Uncle Ben yeah that storyline you know with Superman the the, the destruction of Krypton and all that stuff so you, you really you really need those so as i said before i'd say the taking of the source material t- taking the source material very seriously uh taking the uh, taking a more grounded approach 
with mm-hmm. Batman where like everything is believable. You believe that he can exist. You understand how he gets all those cars and all the all the gadgets and everything like that. You feel like this is a breathe, breathable, livable world, you know? As yeah. much as I, yeah, I agree. We, we talked about uh, Tim Burton and how he brought a uh, gothic, unique flavor to Gotham City, which we really enjoyed. But as I began to rewatch Batman Begins, there is a certain aesthetic that I like, especially with like the narrows and how it looks. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, so I think that, uh, interestingly enough, the Nolan trilogy, I think that they go, they become less and less comic booky as they go on. I yeah, think that true. Batman Begins is the most, the Gotham feels the most gothic. It feels yeah. grimy. Yeah, it feels like, like, like you're in the pages. You get, yeah. you have ninjas, you know, it's, it's the most fantastic. And I think as you go on, you kind of lose some of that. Yeah, right? I agree. And, and I, I and, and I think that's a good thing. <laughs> and I think it's because that with the Narrows, you kind of have a bit more of a social class of like, you know, the people living in Gotham. So you yeah. have the lower class living in the Narrows. You have the higher class living in like, you know, the, in Chicago and stuff like that, which I have to say that interiorly, Gotham looks great. Yeah. And the uh, exterior, especially in Batman Begins, it looks actually pretty good. But when you actually drive around, like when, when the Batmobile is like driving around, right, you kind of really tell yourself this, this isn't Gotham City, this is Chicago. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, this, I, I agree with you guys on that point. Like for me also, a point I was going to bring up is exactly that, that Batman Begins is the only one where Gotham felt like Gotham. And I feel like the Dark Knight and even less the Dark Knight rises as like the story progressed. Um, it didn't feel like Gotham anymore. And that's one thing I kind of miss at. Um, and I understood like it kind of, it, it worked for like the Nolan franchise. Mm. Um, that's one thing that I'm hoping with the Batman. Oh yeah. So Gotham, uh, Gotham as being like, like you said in the past, Brian, like treat it as a, its own character. Have like the Well, in, in this way, it actually, it, it's treated as its own character, but it lost a lot of the uniqueness. Like, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, as we, as you said, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, it started to lose its aura and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so the cast is great. Yeah. You Across know. the board. So let's talk, let's talk about a little bit about the cast. So Christian Bale, Bruce Wayne, Batman. Well, have you guys, you've, you guys seen American Psycho, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as we all know, you know, Christian Bale, child actor, as he started you know, later became method actor. Um, you know, you tell him lose weight, he'll lose weight to, to play a, <laughs> a, a crack addict. Um, you tell him to gain weight, he will gain weight to play Dick Cheney and all that stuff and be unrecognizable and all that. And, you know, you can really, I mean, I like Christian Bale. I think I like his Bruce Wayne more than his Batman. Um, yeah, me too. I think it's because you know, he does a really good job in portraying the duality of Batman mm-hmm. and keeping those very separate. Yeah. But the issue is that I never really felt that with his Batman, it felt like, um, like I felt that he was too comfortable. You know what I mean? It felt like his his Bruce Wayne perso- personality was uh, more dominant than his Batman personality. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I agree with that. I, like, like you said, the Bruce Wayne was like, spot on but for me i was never 
like it worked again uh, in Christopher Nolan's universe, but I never felt like that's the Batman, you know? Yeah, was, like he... I never he, a big fan of the... No, his... Uh, yeah, no, his <laughs> voice? <laughs> Where's the trigger and all that stuff, right? I was never yeah. a big fan of that, but... Yeah, and, it and yeah, I agree. I, I wasn't a fan of the voice. I just felt that he was trying to be scary at times, where when in reality, Batman is scary. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Michael Keaton, when he said, I'm Batman, he doesn't try to be scary. You know, when when Kevin Conroy does his Batman voice, he is scary. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he's so. very intimidating. I think that, I, I do think, though, given the themes, so so I think that Nolan, one of the problems with the, the uh, sorry, I've got him all over the place right now. One of the problems with the earlier iterations of Batman is that thematically, they're kind of all over the place, right? A lot of the movies are trying to do too much. And I think that Nolan was very focused. Every movie has like a very defined theme. The mm. first one, you know, it's always about what it means to be the Batman, right? And the toll it takes on on Bruce. Mm. And and this in this movie and Batman Begins especially, he, he explores the trauma. And I think that having a trilogy that's a little bit more focused on Bruce fit for what he was going for. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and not only that, but this movie, this movie specifically, is more of a Batman movie. Because yeah. in a lot of the Batman movies previously and a lot of the Batman movies, like as we move forward into the trilogy, are very much focused on his villains. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also feel a little side note there. I also feel that Christopher Nolan never used like Christian Bale to his maximum potential as an actor yeah. in these movies. Because Agreed. keep in mind, this is like method actor, you know, like yeah. he'll like transform into he's a chameleon, you know what I mean? To, to put it plainly. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I feel that he he did it. He didn't get the chance to really, you know, do that. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about uh, Michael Caine, Alfred. And, you know, we, 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 <laughs> and we really enjoyed um, I, I really enjoyed, uh, you know, the the previous actor, Michael Goff, who played Alfred yeah. in the Burden and, and, and all those other films. But I felt that with this Alfred, he felt more more present i guess i, I guess yeah. that you know given the story and on the scripts and everything i think that you really saw like okay this is what he does this is like how he fits into bruce wayne batman's world you know what i mean yeah and I, yeah I, I really liked it um just because like what christopher nolan did very nicely was um that alfred was really like the moral compass of bruce throughout the movie yeah like yeah. you could really see that he was like this father figure and offering advice uh, when you could obviously that uh, Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne was uh, all torn up facing like different villains and whatnot. And I think it was a wise choice just because like the, the series was very focused on the progression of Bruce Wayne. Then that translated in Alfred having a bigger role um, than other people would have liked, but I, I, it really worked for like the story itself. Yeah, mm. it's... It, the, the, if the Batman and everything, all the, the, the horrible things that happen in the story, like, are what makes him go more towards, like, the Batman side, uh, Alfred is what brings him back to being a human and into the Bruce Wayne side. And yeah. it's, he's such a kindly and warm present and wise presence. Like, yeah. in every scene he's in, you just feel a little bit more at ease. Yeah, um, I agree. And, you know, it's so comforting. And which makes it all the more tragic when, he, you know, when things start going, when he starts, you know, breaking down and, and begging Bruce to, you know, re reconsider and everything yeah. in the later movies. Um, but, you know, 
Yeah, I, I think Michael Caine has such it's was such a genius choice, and he does it so well. Yeah, and I actually like the Cockney accent. Never yeah. happened in all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, all right, let's see who that was. Um, Killian Murphy, the Scarecrow. Now I'll oh. say this: he was not used properly in these movies. I, I agree with you there because uh, I, I do love Scarecrow as a villain. And I felt like it was a bit um, overshadowed as when I rewatched the movie by like yeah. uh, Gul, which is like understandable why. But yeah, again, Murphy is such a an amazing actor, and like he's scary looking with his like piercing eyes and bone yeah, structure like, and all that. He was perfect for Crane. I think he was really perfect as a kid. yeah. Like he he. He really looks like um, the uh, Scarecrow in the animated series and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, he's skinny. He's almost, like, skeletal-like. And, like, that's yeah. perfect. But again, like you said, um, even though that was a perfect choice, I don't think he was used as efficiently as he could have. Yeah, almost I agree. He could have had his own movie. Um, but yeah, again, I agree. it was a fit within the storyline of the Dark Knight trilogy, so I understand your choice. But again, um, it's just a bit of a shame that he wasn't more present or within the big bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I will I will say all of the villains in the in the show, they really all the actors that portray them, I feel like when I'm looking at the villains in the Dark Knight trilogy, I don't see the actors. I feel like they really lose themselves in the roles. And I think for Cillian Murphy, like you know, in, in like Peaky Blinder, he's such a confident, he has such a presence on screen. And yeah. when he's playing when he's playing Crane, he still has that charisma, but now he's like lesser. And I think that the way he kind of sinks into like the role is really like he, he's a man that looks a little bit transformed. And I think you know that's a testament to how great of an actor he is. Mm. Um I think that Scarecrow as a villain was the right choice yeah. because you know it's a movie that's about explaining the trauma uh, and you know why Batman is the way he is. So they needed someone to bring that out of him. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I yeah. think I think that given how great of a villain it is, I would have liked to see more. I think it's fine for what the movie is trying to do. You know, they you know it was trying to do a lot, and you can only do so much. I think they did it well. I would have mm-hmm. liked to see more. You know, but. And yeah, like, I understand I, why the way it is. I, I, like, I agree with you there. And I almost feel like because we didn't see enough of him, I wouldn't be mad if they recasted him in the, like, the Batman franchise, like the new Batman franchise. I wouldn't yeah. be mad if we saw him as Scarecrow again. Uh, yeah. Again, in a different universe. But I just felt like he was the perfect, perfect, per- like, actor for that, for that role. Yeah, I agree. Like, I will say, um, and I know that's not exactly what we're talking about, but the, the fear toxin, I like the effects. I didn't like the shaky cam kind of blurry vision. Yeah. I like the worms and the stuff like that. I thought it was really cool. I would have liked to see that better instead yeah. of the kind of like, kind of like psychedelic. I get what they're going for. I get the effect. I just wasn't in love with it. Mm, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And you guys do know that Killian Murphy actually auditioned for Batman. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it would have been great for Batman too. <laughs> yeah. Honestly. Yeah. But, but the thing about it was that I felt that while he was auditioning for Bruce Wayne, he felt a little bit too, I don't know, intense. You know what I mean? Maybe. Yeah. Paul, I, the big thing, the first thing that comes to mind is that he's too scrawny to be Bruce Wayne. Um, and he's short too. Yeah, exactly. And you know, Bruce Wayne is like a menacing figure right yeah and again robert Pat- pattinson is not the most imposing person right he's but actually six one. Oh yeah okay well but you know like he's able like we've seen him uh, in the trailers and everything like he's like he has muscle right he fits yeah. batman especially like year one mm-hmm. uh, i think that works but still murphy has batman i would have to see it obviously like i'm like fully um like i trust i would trust like uh, that he would bring something to it and it would work 
but again, I, I have to see it because I, I see him so much as like Scarecrow and I can't really imagine him being such a good guy. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I, I, he, 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 he seems more like a villain than a, than a, yeah. than a good guy. Yeah. Um, I, let's see, uh, Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox. Uh, I mean, it's Morgan Freeman. <laughs> I mean, it's Morgan Freeman. If he tells you that I built this stuff, all these gadgets you see, I built it. It's fact. You can't dispute it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I thought that I thought that the addition of Morgan Freeman and as uh, Lucius Fox was really interesting, because one thing that that Nolan does extremely well, and it, you know that's a testament to, to to his ability as a filmmaker. But he kind of manages to weave in every part of Batman into the story. Mm. You know, the criminal underworld has an integral part in all three movies. The Wayne Enterprises has an important role in all three movies. The you know his his Bruce Wayne persona has an important role. The villains and the the you know Batman side have an important role. Alfred has an important role, and mm. I think that. The, the fact that they all play a part is, you know, and they're all weaved into the story is really interesting. Um, you know, so yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah, same here. I thought um, um, Morgan Freeman as Lucius Foss was just perfect. He didn't take too much space, uh, but you just played his part right. And I think, like, I see, like, I can't imagine anyone, anyone else playing the role. I think you just played it perfectly. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, Liam Neeson, Rachel Ghoul. I mean, he's might not be quite the right nationality, but he. I agree. Great. I agree. I'm, I will I'm say. Not, go ahead. Sorry, I'm, go I'm not the biggest friend. fan of, of Liam Neeson now, but when he wants to, he can be a really good actor under uh, in the right movies. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. and I think he's great as Rachel Ghoul. I think he's 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 you know he's likable enough, but you know arrogant it's and dislikable like, enough uh, like that I'm, you can. You can yeah go ahead no go ahead go ahead you continue no i just think he, you can kind of really see him in the role because he's a good villain in that sense yeah, yeah. and i also felt like he, there was like a um you know this is i feel that with his character he's more like Thanos before Thanos came you know what i mean like yeah you can see what he's trying to go for but you're like uh-uh, we, we can't we're not we're not fucking with that you know what i mean yeah yeah no yeah for, for myself I, I thought it worked obviously um and I think that was one of the first movies where I saw Liam Neeson act. Like, um, so for me, it worked. Again, not the right nationality, uh, being a comic book fan. Yeah, me too. But, but um, yeah, it, it worked. I, I don't know who else. I, I never thought about what other actor could have played the role. I mean, um, they had another actor, a, J- J- a Japanese actor, uh, Ken Watanabe. He was yeah, like I was, I was actually really surprised when I saw Ken Watanabe. As the, I, I totally forgot that that was a thing. That he was he was the 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 fake rage, yeah. um, and you know I think he's great, <laughs> but you know it's a very minor part. Uh, you yeah. know, I, for 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 a great actor, it was fine. Yeah, but let's hope maybe one day we'll all get a comic book actress, uh, Rachel Ghoul, You know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I also think that Rage was a really great choice for the villain in this movie for being the yeah. villain mm-hmm. because. You know, again, one of the big themes is what it means to be Batman. And I think that having him as a foil, being someone who largely has the same beliefs as Bruce Wayne, you know, he's somebody who's an embodiment of vengeance, uh, you know, of, of an avenging spirit, but willing to go, you know, somebody who's willing to go too far and mm. kind of, you know, forget about the humanity and really just be about the bigger picture uh, yeah. was really was a really great choice, especially when it comes to what comes next because when he's faced with the joker and when he's faced with you know talia and and in vain um the, having somebody who challenged him on his beliefs and him deciding i'm gonna stick to them 
makes it makes the identity of the Batman in the series feel more concrete. Yeah, even if he, even if he totally kills him. Yeah, yeah and that, it's both, uh, he kills him. choices because you know, as like in the comics, Rizal Ghul has a big part in Batman's origins too. Um, so I think again, um, having him as a big bat in the first movie, like it's been said, building him up to see like um, to challenge his belief and to a bit forge the Batman that we know today or that we saw in the future movies. That was a very smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also think that, um, well, sorry, kind of an, like an Easter egg. I was the, I was reading into this earlier, but the character he pretends to be at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Henry Ducard? Uh, yeah. Is actually one of the, the, he was one of the people who trained Batman in the comics. Yeah. That, he's, that was a cool um, nod. He's yeah. like the guy who helps Batman like track individuals and stuff like that. Yeah, and, uh, trains them to become a detective and stuff like that. Yeah, and you know, I think that there was one time when like it went too far, where like Henry was like want, he, he was going to kill, but uh, you know, it, uh, that's when like they 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 parted ways and stuff like that. Exactly. So you kind of see that in in uh, in uh, in the comics. Um, last one, uh, Gary Oldman, Gordon. I mean, Gary Oldman. <laughs> Yeah, and and you know what's interesting is that for Rachel Gould, the uh, Christopher Nolan wanted to get a uh, Daniel Day Lewis to play a uh, Rachel Gould, but that didn't that happen. Would've, that would huh? I think that would have worked. It would have worked, but he said no. Have, right. I still we still have the nationality yeah, issue. Yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Uh, it would have worked. I think it would have worked well. And as well. it didn't. It didn't work. He said instead, go uh, talk to my friend Liam Neeson. I think he might be interested. Um, but he actually was actually wanting Gary Oldman to play Rachel Ghoul because you know he always plays the villain, you know, in a lot of his old movies. And he was kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna do something different. I don't want you to play a villain, I want you to play a good guy. So I'm gonna give you this role of uh, uh you know, a Sergeant James Gordon, stuff like that. He's a character who, you know, hasn't been really properly you know, discovered. You know, we n- never we never really got to see that great sense of camaraderie between yep. Batman and Jim Gordon and the previous movies. And in this movie, they were like, you know what? We're going to give you that pairing that you guys have been waiting for. Yep. I think that it's going to be very difficult for any performance, any Gordon ever to come even close to, to Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman, he's so sympathetic. He's clearly a troubled man who's kind of upset at, you know, he doesn't have all the, the, the power to, to actually, you know, fight crime like Batman does. But he's so, he's someone who's kind of, he's kind of soft and kind. Um, yeah, and you see that in uh, him as a serious black in Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, he's yep. the ultimate, he's the ultimate good cop. Um, and so I, you know, he, I think that you, you see, like I know he he's a dad he's, he's a dad in the in the later movies but you know I could picture this being Barbara Gordon's dad you know someone who would have instilled with her the values of t- to become a superhero later yeah um, yeah and he he looks the most like Gordon you know if you if you yeah. look at year one he looks like the most like Gordon like the other, another actor as we all know we all want to see Brian Cranston as uh, as Gordon one day but uh, oh yeah. But you know, I I doubt that'll that'll happen. But I'm very still I'm still I'm very excited to see Jeffrey Wright as Gordon in uh, in the Batman, and I'm I'm really interested in seeing what he does with it. And yeah, I think Jeffrey Wright also has a very kind, warm presence that, uh, you know, I think he he's gonna fit, he fits into the role really well. But I think that you know Gary Oldman did such an amazing job. It's gonna be hard to for, to, to for anyone to ever come close to come yeah. close. I yeah. think it worked. It worked for like what they were trying to do. Like it worked for the story of. The Dark Knight, 
you know, like, um, again, with like, yeah, I think that's really where he really comes into his own. Yeah, as as the as the the ultimate Gordon. Yeah, and especially like with that trilogy, like you know, you see the, the evolution of Bruce Wayne, the Batman, but also of Gordon through the system. You know, like in the third movie, he's after like what happened in the Dark Knight, he's like a broken man almost. Mm. Um, and like he's, I think, closest to anyone like the second main character. Um, you could yeah, have, especially like, in the Dark Knight, he 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 plays a really pivotal role in, in that movie. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. It, it, it worked very well uh, for that trilogy. So Yeah. Uh, so what else? So this film feels very grand, especially more grander than the previous films that we've seen before. Like you actually like you could feel like, you know, that this is a, a real film made with real people and stuff like that. Like you have the Batmobile chase scene, which is incredible, especially as you as you watch it, the stunts felt real you know, practical effects, and it all lend to making this feel, this film feel very grand. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, and I think that that sense of grandness is, is amplified in next ones, but I think that this movie hit just the right spot between being an intimate Batman story and being a sweeping kind of, it's really about Gotham and every part of Gotham, kind of how the, the dynamics of it and how they work together, which obviously is, is one of Nolan's uh, one of the best parts about the Nolan trilogy. Mm. Um, but I think that this movie pulled out the cohesion and the, the balance the best. I think the other movies are, are great and have things that they do better, but I think that Batman Begins is really where it, it came. The feel of it was the most spot on. Yeah, it was mm. also the, like the perfect uh, introductions for the next ones too. Like where it left off, I think it really set the scene for like this whole world and this whole like role gallery. Mm. Uh, so yeah. So um, this film does a great job in returning Batman to his dark dignity. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. As we discussed, uh, you know, the guy who owns the film rights to Batman, Michael Euston, discussed about the three geniuses he had, had a chance to work with was Tim Burton, Christopher Nolan, and Bruce Tim. And he talked about Nolan and, and, and Bruce Tim talking about how they shared the same mission in restoring Batman's dark dignity to the world you know what i mean and i yeah. feel that with this film it it does that but in spades you know what i mean yeah, yeah. he's still he's still the batman right he's still he still has the bats he still has the fear he still has the bat signal and the gadgets you know he's very identifiable but he's not silly you know <laughs> he's yeah. not he's not a caricature he's not a, an, a guy in an ad right like mm. uh yeah so uh, we talked about Gotham City and how there's an element of realism, but it doesn't have the aura that really speaks Gotham City at times. Yeah. Uh, how do you guys feel about the Batcave in this one? I thought um, it was fine. Yeah, it worked. It worked. Yeah, I agree. I, I I still feel like it was. It didn't feel like the complete Batcave, like in the comics. Yeah. You know, like you have. You know, you have the bats. Like, I always enjoy, like, the fact that you have bats in the Batcave. And, like, you know, if you don't call it... Why are you calling it the Batcave if you don't yeah. have bats? You know what I mean? Uh, but I always like how there's different, like, workstation. There's a training area. There's all these parts within the Batcave where Bruce Wayne works in and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. I will... Go ahead, Mesa. Yeah, for, for me, it's also, like... What I missed from it, and I, it, again, it worked for the movie, but it was also like the lighting in the Batcave. I felt like there was a lot of, from like rewatching the movie, I saw like 
a lot of light, like natural light, because I think there's a waterfall and light coming in. I I would have liked seeing like you know the giant computers that we like like that we see in the comics. Yeah. And like feeling it's more at night and it's this is like that's the only sources of night mm. uh, light in the back cave and like you know like more a comic comic accurate back cave but yeah again, I, the comics. and i also yeah. understand that it's year one so he won't have all these things but we never actually saw this version of batman having like the full set you know what i mean yeah, I, this is definitely my least favorite batman i not batman bat cave like it's definitely the most realist you know, it's mm. the most realistic. It makes sense, but you know, it, which is what the movie was going for. But it is, it's kind of bland. You know, it's it's not all that exciting. It's cool, but it's 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 not as important. Yeah, but I also like how um, you know, the infrastructure is basically built off of like an old railway system, which was oh. used to to help free slaves and and all that stuff. And I really, I really enjoy like that sort of history of it and. Uh, how in that way um there's like a history but there's also something feel that it feels very ancient you know what i mean like yeah yeah it was meant to be there all this time you know what i mean yeah uh how do y'all feel about the bat suit in this one in, in the first movie um like it. yeah it worked again it felt like well i'm not the biggest fan of the look like again it worked um but you know like the the pressure like on his cheeks where it looks like yeah like he had a closed gap in his mouth exactly like he looks yeah i don't know and you know that he actually had headaches christian bell had headaches when wearing the cowl because you know the the uh the you know how the uh the cowl has like this expression of like frowning and stuff like that so it has a lot of pressure to it plus you add to the fact that it has like this huge neck yeah. And yeah. Bale couldn't really move. And, you know, we, we discussed this as we were talking about, uh, you know, the previous Batman movie, Chen, how all the Batman actors have had issues like moving their necks and all that stuff. Yeah. I think that from if you look head down, I really like everything about it. I just don't like the face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? I like agree. The, the top cowl part. Like, like in that. Fights, even in the fights, he had to move his whole body to like. Yeah. He looks like, stiff. Yeah, he looks very stiff. And... It's a bit silly even at some moments. So yeah. And I do, I do like how even while, while filming it, he was kind of like, you know, I can use this, you know, this discomfort as a weapon in order to do what I need to do because you know Batman is very, you know, angry and all these things. So I can use this aggression while I'm playing the character. But at the same time, it's kind of like you don't really get good fight scenes because a lot of it you like shaky cam and quick cuts and all that stuff. And you kind of really see this issue in the trilogy. You know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah, I think the fight scenes are definitely the worst part of this trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Like you mentioned to me before, um, when like for Christopher Nolan movies, like it's a lot of quick cuts and Mm -hmm. compared to like movies like John Wick. Yeah. Fighting is amazing. It's it. After rewatching the movies, it kind of takes you. Well, it kind of took me out of the experience. I yeah. know what they're going for. I know that's his style. Yeah. But again, I would have like, like and, Batman is an amazing fighter, and we didn't see a lot of it, like from a yeah third person. And so. you know, this is of course why I'm excited for the Batman because I feel that with Pattinson's suit, 
he has mobility like he can move yeah. he can fight yeah. and also and we've, the... seen, we've seen how good it can be with snyder like say what you will but the, the scenes where batman takes on goons are so they're so well filmed and choreographed and so and um, like amazing to watch brutal. yeah and you know obviously you know we, we didn't get that this time yeah. he did everything else right in my opinion but yeah i agree with you there and also like something i miss after like one of the only things i liked about batman with like uh, uh bvs and all that is the fight scenes again like how brutal he was you could feel the hits whereas yeah. with the christopher nolan movies you don't i didn't really feel like you could really feel these like the hits like yeah the, like, i agree there's like sound effects whenever he hits but it's almost like he's punching into a pillow you know Facts. what i mean you can't hear the bones breaking the brutality yeah and, like, like like in the arkham games exactly because batman at the end of the day doesn't kill people but i mean after a fight with him you're gonna be in the hospital for a long time i didn't feel like i saw that a lot yeah i agree i agree but i also what i enjoy about the suit is that there's a practicality to it like yeah. it's yeah. body yeah. armor uh there's the utility bets for that that have a function to it the grapnel gun and, and all these things and i really enjoy how in this one uh how Morgan Freeman was a uh, character was used in this story about how he's more of a Q, like, you know, how James Bond yeah. has, has Q. So, yeah. you know, James, uh, Christopher Nolan is obviously a big James Bond fan. So he wanted to use some of those elements in, 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 in the Batman movie. And then yeah, and, no. and it works very well. And it made it a lot more believable again. Yeah. Uh, that this Batman could actually exist like in our world type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So how do you guys feel about the Tumblr? The what, sorry? The Batmobile. The, 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 the Tumblr, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I like it. I don't love it. I yeah. don't hate it. I mean... Well, it's, not, this, it's not the Batmobile at the end of the day, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, it works I mean, for his character, and again, like, it's, like, again, that's the, like, real aspect that he tried to bring to the trilogy. Like, if you're gonna um, fight, like, go on chases and everything, you want to be, like, this yeah. one man you have to have like this this tank yeah but, and it wasn't batman you know it made sense but for the universe but again that wasn't the battlefield to me yeah I, I i agree it just felt very much like you know a throwback to to um to frank miller uh dark knight returns and stuff like that for me i kind of like a bit more of a sleeker type of batmobile yep. you know it's the main thing why i don't really like Right now, I'm playing Arkham Knight, right? And the thing that really, especially as I'm playing it now, mm -hmm. I don't like the tank fight scenes too much. Yeah. If they start to get annoying. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, I enjoy like an old school chase scene, like yeah. where yeah. like, you know, and all, all these things. And, you know, this is why I'm really excited for, for the Batman where like the, the Batmobile, it's just a regular car. A yeah. muscle car and i'm and i'm really like into enforcement, muscle but like yeah absolutely yeah and like, you, you you kind of see that yeah absolutely I, I agree with you there so you know i'm gonna ask you this um if you were to rank your batman where would where would christian bill be ranked um i think i don't know i don't that's a good question how about you tell me your ranking first and then let me think about mine a bit because uh, I'm not sure. Because again, I love his, I, I love his, um, like the universe and like, 
I don't know. It, he was up there for sure, but it wasn't the Batman from the comics from the TV. Yeah, shows, like, I agree. So this felt more like a version of Batman than the Batman that we all know and love. You know what I mean? Well, for me, I would rank it more as... I know you guys might hate me for this, but I'm going to put Ben Affleck number one. Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm going to put Michael Keaton number two. I am going to put Val Kilmer number three. And I'm going to put Bale number four. Yeah. No, no, no. I, no. All right. I'll, I'll All redo right. that. Hold on. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me redo that. So Affleck number one, Keen number two, uh, Bale number three, and Kilmer number four, and for obvious reasons, George uh, George Clooney number five. I um yeah, I would say probably Keaton number one. Um, and I think Christian Bale would be number two for me. Um. I know again that he's not the most comic accurate Batman, but just because of how um, the whole movie is kind of worked, um, I think that he would be up there for me still. Uh-huh. Um, but again, for me, dead last would be Ben Affleck. <laughs> dead last, or maybe okay, maybe Clooney last, and then before last, Affleck. Um, uh-huh. but, but for sure, Keenan number one, and then. Uh, Christian Bell numbers just to Bruce Wayne was very nice so but but to add a I have a little secret spot right this is above number one right and I know that you know it doesn't work that way but I don't care Kevin Conroy I mean yeah Conroy 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 is always going to be number one above number one he's above number one yeah I put him above that um I think so for mine I I'm kind of on the same I'm I'm basically the same as you Ryan I but I, I, I would actually rate Kilmer higher. Um, I, I think that what Keaton and Kilmer do really well is that the seamless transition between the very stoic Bruce, like you can see that Bruce Wayne and Batman are the same person, even if their personalities obviously differ when they're, they're playing the part. They, they, mm-hmm. they feel like they're, the, you can see that they're the same person. I say Bale tries to really transform, but I wasn't a big fan of his Batman. I love his Bruce Wayne. Um, I really like Affleck as well even if we don't really get to see much of his Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know where I'd rank him, though, if I'm completely honest. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that Bailey's probably near the bottom, um, even if I, I, you know, I liked him. And yeah, Clooney, Clooney's clearly going to be last. Sorry, George. Yeah, uh, so this, uh, this sort of leads us to uh, the bad of the movie, right? Um, as we talked, um, you know, as we talk about it, the, 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 the thing that we didn't like is the fights. The fight scenes felt yep. very stiff. And this one, Batman killed, you know? He uh-huh. even said it, you know? Like, I, I'm not going to kill you, but I'm not going to save you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Which I, I just find funny. Um, in the chase scene, he, while escaping from the cops, he lets, he, he, he you know, crushes through police cars and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, so I I gotta say I know like he like cheats his way into killing people, which, but I prefer that over just Batman over, grabbing yeah. a grenade and throwing it back to like bad guys. Yeah, but <laughs> for me, he's still killing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. But at the end of the day, because they don't, and, 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 and you know why? It's because 
I feel that in this movie, as, as great as these films are, this film never properly explained Batman's no-kill rule. And I'll, I'll say why. Now, in this film, we see that scene where uh, Batman is planning to get revenge on the guy who killed his parents, right? Yeah. Yep. So in this scene, in, in the next scene, we see a conversation between him and, uh, and Rachel. And they basically talk about, you know, how you have to look beyond your own pain, Bruce, and all these things. And for me, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I never really got, it, it, it explored more of like Batman's how he felt in, a moral, in, in the moral sense. Mm-hmm. But I don't really felt that they actually went in deep in the, in the emotional sense. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Because what I, what I also enjoy about, you know, the Daredevil show is that not only do we have a bit more of a sense in morality with uh, Matt Murdock, we also get a sense of his, how he feels emotionally about it. You know yeah, what I and mean? It's a big, it's a big, big conflict for him right mm-hmm. about does he kill or not and yeah i think that this movie kind of gives us a good idea of why and they, they touch on it i don't think they go deep enough and right? especially for how pivotal it is but and you know this is why i'm excited for the batman because this story kind of really goes in deep in what matt reeves is going to be talking about yeah about batman killing so i would highly recommend to get your hands <laughs> in this book this is Batman uh, Ego, written by Darwin Cook. He he actually worked on Batman Beyond, so nice. I highly recommend that uh, you guys uh, get your hands on this. Yeah, or I might even share it with you guys. I don't know, maybe. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, and 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 to go on, I think that what could have really sold me the deal on his no kill rule is if you bring up the fact that Thomas Wayne was a doctor. So. As yep. we all know, Thomas Wayne is a doctor, and as doctor, as a doctor, you're taught about the uh, the sanctity of, the sanctity of human life, yep. and you know, I think that if you had a scene where Thomas Wayne instilled those values onto Bruce, you could have had something a bit more interesting. You know what I mean? Like yeah. something like a father passing down what he knows to his son. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's yeah. something I agree. I, I feel like they could have easily fit that in, like explain the no kill rule throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah, make, make it a part of his trauma. I think thematically it would have fit well. Because like we're talking about like large, like big movies, right? The movies mm-hmm. were like over two hours. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're talking about three movies also. And there were, I feel like there was a lot of opportunity to uh, explore that either with Alfred, with his origin story, with Rachel um and all of that but yeah again, that was an opportunity that was missed and was, I, yeah I, you there. I think my last con because i'm gonna have to go because something came up but um all right i wanted to say one last thing i think that rachel overstays her welcome <laughs> facts i was gonna get to that i think and, that uh, the role she plays because of where she, her story goes in, in dark knight makes yeah. sense and i like her as a foil to harvey dent a lot more than i like her as a foil to bruce facts. um i think I that that, that that Gary Oldman is, um, and uh, you know Alfred, uh, Alfred and and, and uh, Gordon are good enough at, at giving that aspect of you know regular people that Batman cares about that are trying to bring him back to the good side. Mm-hmm. I don't think she was necessary in this mm-hmm. movie. I think that that Anne Hathaway is much more interesting as a as a foil and love interest than 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 Rachel is. But yeah. facts. I, I would have almost loved that Anne Hathaway would have appeared 
earlier on because I don't know what it was, but the relationship between Rachel and Bruce was almost felt kind of annoying watching yeah. it at a certain point. Um, yeah. Even in the first one, it wasn't like she worked well to be like the foil of Harvey Dent, like Ethan said, but to Bruce Wayne, their dynamic, like where like Bruce was almost like um, willing to like put away like the his math and to like and, be with yeah. Rachel. I felt like it was it worked again, but it, I don't know what it was exactly, but it felt annoying at a certain point. Like, uh, yeah. see the point of their relation, and they, I feel yeah. like it dragged it on a bit too long, in my opinion. I think that I think that um, like right, and I think that Dark Knight Rises really focuses on being Batman. This is all you're losing out on, right? Like, this is what you don't get. And you could have had this life with Talia, but because you you know you killed her dad, she wants revenge, and she's crazy, whatever. And you could have this relationship with Anne Hathaway, but you're both vigilantes, whatever, whatever, right? I don't think, you know, I, I think he he kind of touches on that theme a little bit in the earlier movies, but he doesn't never goes fully in on it until really until Dark Knight, and and he starts really touching on it. But I I don't think it was necessary for this one. I don't think it mm. needed to be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I agree. I agree. Um, so you, you have to leave it, Chen, right now? Yeah, unfortunately, I have to go. All right, then. So um, we'll, we'll be back next week. We'll talk about Ben Affleck. So I think you'll be able to join us then, right? I will. I will. All right, then. So, so talk to you guys soon. Talk to you guys yeah. soon. All right. Uh, so what else did I want to talk? Oh, yeah not acknowledging uh batman as a detective yeah that's one part i it's yep. such like reading the comics watching like the the shows it's such yeah. a big part of his like, he's like the greatest the greatest detective like again that was a big i understand why they didn't do it i understand yeah. it wasn't their focus for the character I yeah get but as a batman fan, uh, fan i think that's one of the things that kind of took me out like this is not exactly batman you know like that's not the batman. yeah like you know he's a great fighter and, and you know a great tactician but you know he's a great scientist he 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 knows about criminology and all these things and, exactly. and like there's yeah go ahead Sorry. no like there's this one scene where he gets uh uh he gets the fear toxin right yeah and you know for the life of me there, there's this one scene where uh, Lucius Fox comes in and basically explains to him, like, you know, what happened. And, you know, he, he basically uses chemistry terms and explains to Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. And Bruce is like, am I supposed to get any of that? And I'm like... Yeah. <laughs> yes, you are. And again, I think they didn't take... Um, like, you know, like, Batman is renowned, renowned in the comics to be, like, the smartest guy. Like, the yeah. smartest guy in every room. He's not only like physically like um, yeah, and I like that, but he's also like he could outsmart he out, outsmart the Justice League and multiple villains on like an infinite amount of occasions. Mm. And again, I didn't really feel that. Of course, like he was he was smart, right? And uh, the Nolan trilogy, but we didn't really see that aspect of him being like really like being always one step ahead of the police or um or like if if they showed that they didn't really like um they never they well, didn't do it properly didn't explain it yeah so that's one part i kind of miss and it was more like a brutal like um fighting and you know like they cut to like oh now he's in this place they don't really explain like how he got to like know that these bad guys were going to be in xy area or whatever you know mm. and that's something i miss of that i'm really excited to see with the new batman movie 
than yeah i agree i, I agree on his investigative side his how like smart he is and how like um how he gets to like that like go deep within like these mysteries and find the bad guy and all that so yeah i agree i agree and and, and i'm really excited for that um we talked about rachel and for me I, I never really dug the rachel character um not especially in the actress who plays it in the in the first one she i felt that out of all of the actors she wasn't the strongest um i think yeah. the only reason why she got this role was because it's what like what early 2000s uh, she was in this show called Dawson's Creek so it's kind of like one of those high school shows and all that stuff yeah. so I think that's how she got the role but overall it's kind of like yeah. I'm not uh, I, I'm not really feeling the character of Rachel Dodd if anything she's more you know of a nuisance towards Bruce Wayne and I and I yeah. I, I just didn't really like the love triangle thing that yeah. that moved forward in the dark night you know what yeah. I mean initially when I watched it when I was um younger obviously i bought into their relationship and everything but after watching it like two times three times four times i don't know how many times i've watched it truly at this point but after watching watching it multiple times um she she felt annoying to me and i didn't really buy into their relationship like you said um and also you mentioned that she was more of a nuisance to bruce wayne i couldn't agree more um yeah and I don't know. I, I feel like they could have switched her out for other characters. Like if they brought in Anne Hathaway earlier on, I think that she was amazing and she they could have made it work. Um, yeah. If they, I don't know how they would have done it, but if they um, established early on that they were just friends mm. or something like that and have, like, if they would have had her a bit less on screen and just mm. brought her back for like just Harvey Dent and not have like that love triangle, that would have worked too, in my opinion. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, I didn't really buy into her. Um, what else did I want to say? So we're we're gonna close off almost in this movie. Um, we're gonna say um, I do. I, I want to talk about the legacy of this movie, and I and I put out a a little something on 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 my Instagram stories one time, and I said that I feel that without this movie, you wouldn't have the MCU. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. Because I think that was for sure. Like there was a lot of superhero movies at the time. I think Spider Man uh, with the uh, Tobey Maguire mm-hmm. um, played a part in that. But I yeah, think, the the X Men too. Yeah, exactly. But I think nobody really took superheroes seriously to some extent until Dark the Dark Knight trilogy came out, and then we had like these amazing performances within mm-hmm. them and. Uh, also credit to Christopher Nolan that made it so realistic and made it so accessible to so many people as these dark movies, not only for, for kids and teenagers, whatever, but also for adults that were looking at it and were like, wow, this is really amazing. Um, yeah, I agree. And- I, I feel that with Nolan, he kind of elevated the comic book genre more than yeah. Sam Raimi, more than, uh, what's the dude's name? He made the X-Men film, Brian Singer and all the other filmmakers who were tackling the genre and i feel that even with this film batman begins you don't have iron man you know and of course iron man is like the starting point for uh for uh for the mcu and and when you watch iron man like that feels pretty much like batman begins through and through when uh whenever you watch the first iron man movies yeah i mean when you look at the plot at times a little bit yeah yeah, you know, no, a guy absolutely. has to go through this 
journey of self-exploration he gets betrayed dr strange any like superhero like no no, not super i mean mcu origin story yeah sort of follows that same pattern you know what i mean going on a this great voyage and then coming back a changed man yeah Um, pretty much yeah uh yeah so let's get into uh the big one uh the dark knight yes the the citizen kane of all batman movies yeah all right, so the uh, the film does very well. I think it makes like, I believe eight hundred million in the box office. So Nolan does his job in bringing back this character to his, uh, you know, to his dark dignity. Yep. And the ending of that film, the card. Yeah. Now this is a time before Marvel did the whole thing with Easter eggs and all the all, all that stuff, right? Yeah, post-credit scenes and all that. Yeah, and this and the thing about Batman Begins is that it wasn't a post-credit. It well, it wasn't a post-credit scene. Yep. And the thing that I really enjoyed about Batman Begins was that they treated that story, that that movie, as if it was a it was as if it was the final one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And the question was, who was going to play the Joker? Yeah, and news comes out that it's going to be Heath Ledger and all the all that stuff, and you have all the protesting and all of the the nagging and all that stuff. And this was in, I believe, two thousand six. Yep. And you know what? We're going to get to that later. You know what I mean? But before we get into that, uh, let's talk about the good. Um, the good is that it has a great opening. Yep. Like the bank heist scene is like iconic. It's yeah. a throwback to a film that actually inspired this movie, uh, Heat, with Al Pacino and Robert De Niro. Have you have you ever seen it? Um, I don't think so. I don't think I have. Oh, it's a really good movie. It's long. It's like almost three hours, but it's a really good movie, like through and through. No, okay. I, I just checked the images and I haven't seen it, no. So it's a, it's a movie about... So, the the movie is, is like uh, it's like a, an epic crime thriller, you know what I mean? Okay. And the movie is based the, the opening is basically kind of like showing you into got showing you Gotham City, the madness, the corruption, the uh, the criminal nature of it, yeah. The the grittiness and it really shows you the sophistication of the criminal. Yeah. of the criminals like like in the ending of that movie uh gordon basically says that you know with you coming in to, to gotham city the escalation has started so yeah. you have yeah. an escalation of crime of people dressing up like yourself and all this thing and and i think that with this opening it does a really great job in, in doing so yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things I really love that they got into really quickly in that movie is just to show like the criminal underworld, right? Having these meetings with like, all the different like mafia, like the, I think the Maronis in that movie, um, like all these gangsters and everything. And they really got into it like quickly. And you could really, for one, because, you know, like being a fan of the comics again, the Batman universe Gotham is like this crime hub, right? But mm. in the first movie, we didn't really see that that much for sure. We saw Falcone character and all that but we didn't really see how like deep rooted and how like big it was while uh in the dark knight they really approached that uh, and that was like a comic feel to it right it really gave me more of a batman feel to it that i knew yeah. in, in tv shows right how mm-hmm. like how, how like uh 
how much diversity there was in like different gangs and everything like that and how everything was corrupt uh it's something that we saw a lot in the movie that they did really well yeah i i agree um i like the gadgets and the arsenals yeah. that batman had like the bat pod uh his uh his wings or his gliders whatever yeah his gliding suit and all that stuff it, i really enjoyed like the um you know as, as crime begins to escalate you have an escalation where batman has to up the ante and all that uh yeah. i say that the film looks good at times it felt like the color palette felt bland at times yeah but yeah. i like the uh, like the blue color that you had with it yeah absolutely uh the film has a lot of great cinematic influence. We talked about heat. Uh, the film has a great, has great people involved in it, from Nolan to his brother Jonathan Nolan, who I think because of him, because I think that Jonathan Nolan is actually the real Batman fan. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, he he is. I, I remember uh, there's a YouTuber I I I, I subscribed to, and he said that. Uh, he said that there was this one time when Jonathan Nolan was talking about Batman in like such great detail and all that stuff to the point where it felt more like he was more of the fan than Nolan was. Oh, Nolan. Okay, so you might have been the one that initially influenced him to take on the movies. Well, I don't think he initially influenced him, but I'd say that he was the one who pushed it a bit more. Like, I think that he was like the the comic book guy, you know what I mean? Like the, the guy who uh, really like put the finishing touches on it, you know? And it was actually him who actually told his brother, uh, John- Jonathan Nolan, who told Chris to to add Catwoman in The Dark Knight Rises. Oh yeah, okay. What a great yeah. choice. Yeah. Uh, so great people involved in this movie. It has a gritty realism. Yeah, and it shows like the city politics. Like you had those scenes where Harvey Dent, uh, Commissioner Gordon, they all talked with the mayor and all that stuff. It really gets into the city politics when it regards to crime and the, uh, you know, and all that stuff. And yeah. there is chaos and escalation because, you know, these films came, uh, come, they come out in, the, uh, in a post 9-11 society. Yeah. And they sort of touch on like, you know, terror, crime, you know, surveillance watching and all that stuff, especially you see that in somewhere close to the end where Batman constructs this like supercomputer where yeah. he has to tap on everybody's phones in order to find the Joker and all that. It's like almost like echolocation, like a bat. Yeah. Way yeah, pr- pretty much. Uh, you have the criminal element, as we discussed. Mm-hmm. They showed Batman as a detective, finally. Yeah. A yeah. little bit. Not a little bit. Like a little bit, not too much. Yeah, at least it was better than nothing. And they actually, and yeah. they actually took the source material seriously. Oh yeah, yeah. They know. they they took certain elements from Batman: The Long Halloween. Okay, dope. Like you know that yeah. scene when Gordon and uh, and all the rest of them are, uh, you know, standing on the rooftop. That's taken straight out of that that yeah, you know the pages of a comic. That's so cool. I really enjoyed that. It takes this source material very seriously. And, you know, it's one of those things that I really enjoy about these movies. And you kind of see that as you have a bit more comic book movies coming out. Like, you know, you have Kevin Feige, he always talks about, you know, you have to look at the comics, you have to look at the source material and all these things. Yeah, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And I think what was 
amazing about this movie was also the pacing mm. like, where like it's like you were on this ride and it would never stop like there's all you were never bored during that movie. yeah was, i like, agree i agree oftentimes when you have three hour long movies was, it starts to get a bit boring and you can find places well was that really was that scene really necessary yeah but in this movie it all worked you're like you you don't even it goes by so fast yeah. because you're so into it right mm-hmm. so, that they did it amazingly and i think that was perfect uh perfect match for like the joker right having this yeah. this this man that's unpredictable you can you have always have to be like on your toes it's almost like the viewer needed to like keep up right yeah i agree and and the um and one of the main things that, that I really enjoyed, and this is quoting one of my, another movie that I enjoy, it's called The Untouchables. And The Untouchables is a story about Elliot Ness and his uh, quest to take down Al Capone during the days of Prohibition. And there's a scene with Sean Connery and uh, Kevin Costner, who plays Elliot Ness. And he asks him, what are you willing to do? And for me, I kind of really found that interesting in how it sort of plays into what is the protagonist going to do to stop the antagonist? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think that with this film, it kind of really goes more into the question of like, you know, it's a gray area. You know what I mean? Like there's a gray area where you have, you know, a traditional black and white type of world, right? But you have that gray area right in the center. And it's yeah. really one of those stories that really challenges you as a hero. Like you... You, you, you see that in something like No Way Home with, uh, with Tom Holland, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that in Captain America, The Winter Soldier. You see that with like a lot of other movies, you know, to, just to name a few, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree with that 100%. Um, a great cast. You have the same cast as the, from the last film. Um, you have a great ending. I mean, how do you, how do you feel about the third act? um even if i saw um i think um after rewatching, i kind of i didn't like as much the harvey dent storyline at the end when he became bad as much as i thought i did um mm. i thought that he took a bit away from like i i found myself wanting more joker and less of him mm. right so it was good obviously um amazing but again i think they could have change it a bit um i don't it was it's tough because they brought they brought new characters and obviously there were some that that like um that were so like amazing like heath ledger's joker but yeah, also we'll, we'll, we'll get into that we'll get into yeah. that but um they brought harvey dent uh which was obviously like two-faced later on and they mm-hmm. tackled that whole storyline within the same movie that was going so fast and i just found myself a bit less interested into it right? mm. I, I was less excited whenever he came on the screen as two-face whereas joker um you know like such an amazing performance i just wanted to see more right and yeah it ended the, i think it ended the story where it needed to end right while, while like the police turning on heart on uh, batman and then that kind of set the stage for the batman rises right but mm-hmm. Again, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like it a bit less this time watching. Mm. What about you? I mean, I enjoy Eric Eckhart's uh, Two-Face. I, I I enjoy more the animated series story where, like, there's more of a psychological aspect to it. 
Yeah. Where like, you know, he has a history of it. But one thing I do enjoy is that scene in uh, in um where he has the guy, um he pretends to be a police officer, he works for the Joker, and he plays uh this he flips a coin whether or not the guy lives. Yeah. And there's this one scene where he 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 uh where the, the guy says, you wouldn't dare kill me. And, you know, Aaron Eckhart basically yells, I wouldn't, and, and all that stuff. And in that brief second, I felt like he was going to go into insanity. You know what I mean? And I felt yeah. that it could have been more explored if you went into his backstory. Like, how was it to, you know, how, how did he live? You know, how did he, uh, you know. Yeah, they kind of mentioned a bit, like how like some cops call him Two-Face. Yeah. They're kind of talking about like that mention like alluding to the fact that he had that anger right mm-hmm. um but again um i agree they could have went a bit more into his story um mm. build that build that up so it would have made a bit more sense than just him losing rachel that that like made him crazy right yeah um, but yeah no i agree i agree i don't um, know how they would have fit that in though with this movie yeah i agree it would have been so too long happening. but I'm sure they could have found a way. I'm sure they could have found a way. Yes, they could. Um, so the ending. How, how do you feel about the ending? Um, I don't know. I, I'm a bit indifferent towards it. I feel like it worked. It's a, it's a bittersweet. Yeah. Again, it's like a tragic ending, right? Um, and it, it worked for like Bruce Wayne's character because during the movie, he kind of wants to find a way to like out find a way out of gotham right mm-hmm. out of being the batman mm-hmm. um, with rachel and everything but with her gone and he wanted harvey to be that shining that 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 um the white knight right um and they kind of did that they did that in some way right um mm-hmm. having like harvey being like a, a martyr um and to like lock up these criminals and everything but I don't know. It was it was it was a good ending. Um, I'm a bit indifferent. I think knowing like the movie that came after it worked, but again, um, I don't know how else I would have ended it. But again, something I think something bothered me about it. I'm not quite sure what. Yeah, I agree. I remember go seeing seeing it as a, as a kid. I, I I didn't really like the ending because, as we all know, uh, Christian Bale's Batman. He's Batman for about a year. You know what I mean? Yeah. And. He never become that Batman that we all know and love from uh, from the comics mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And I think that's where you kind of lose points for me a little bit. Yeah. But I also understand that, you know, due to him killing Two-Face. Yeah. yeah. He has to exile himself in order to keep the peace. You know what I mean? Yeah, Absolutely. It made sense, but again, like you said, something bothered me. I, like I, they could have done something different, you know. Yeah, but yeah, um, yeah. So you talked about Aaron Eckhart and uh, and all that stuff. Oh man, Heath Ledger. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> amazing, amazing performance. The the greatest Joker that I ever lived. Uh, yeah, I would put him. As number one, and Joaquin Phoenix as number two. Not uh, Jared Leto. <laughs> Fuck no. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. No, um. So, you know, I remember 
looking at this um, this documentary talking about the making of this trilogy and all that. And Nolan basically said that he looked at Heath Ledger and said that, hey, would you be interested in, in playing Batman and stuff like that? And he said, no, that he doesn't want to do superhero movies and all that stuff. And when he saw Batman Begins, it kind of changed his mind. I was like, hey, I might be interested in doing something like this. Yeah. And um, he basically said, hey, would you be interested in doing the Joker? And he was like, yeah, yeah. Because at the time, a lot of people didn't want to go like toe to toe with Jack Nicholson's version of the Joker. Yeah, absolutely. Because Jack Nicholson at the time was like this big, big actor, right? Nobody wants to go toe to toe with him because he was just that great of an actor. And you kind of learn about how he prepared himself for the role. He 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 applied the makeup himself. Mm-hmm. He even worked very closely with the costume designer, like working on different shades of purple and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, just a lot of stuff. Like they talked about, Nolan talked about, uh, you know, a Clockwork Orange and how that was an influence. And they talked about chaos and anarchy and all that stuff and really present the Joker like as a real criminal like in the yeah. comics joker is more of a more of a trickster and and, and you know someone who would you know put plant laughing fish and, and all that type of stuff but in this one he was comic accurate but there was something very scary because you could imagine someone being like that you know there's yeah it, like, it felt like you could you could feel it you could touch it you know what i mean yeah and what's amazing with him is that he made it some like he was somewhat like he was still comic accurate in some ways right Mm. and it was still the joker it was like like evidently the joker but Mm -hmm. in some ways made it like like believable you know and it worked Mm. so well the christopher nolan franchise and like them just like kind of alluding that in the comics he doesn't have like the set origin nobody really knows like it's like a mystery a bit and then him in the movies changing the story so many times like i think like two three times right Mm. that that went in with that and you know like people like would have like um these ideas and would um stipulate like what his true origin was was he like a war veteran or something like that Um, yeah i enjoyed that they really they remain true to that aspect of the joker about about him like you know he could be anyone you know yeah he could have been anybody and and they kept his uh his origins like like a complete mystery and i and i really enjoyed that about the joker um of course you know he does the role and unfortunately he passes away and it's not about the the role and and what it meant it was basically what had happened was that he mixed two medicines that came from two different countries and in different countries they weight they measured very differently Mm -hmm. and accidentally they um he took them both and unfortunately passed away yeah. and little did we know little did we know did he know that he was he went down as one of the greatest actors of all time yeah one of the best performances of all time one of the best performances of all time um you have this type of role being taught in acting schools and all that type of stuff um like this whole notion of like he went crazy after it i don't i don't think that's accurate like even a lot of the actors who were with him on set said that he was joking 
and all that stuff. And he was actually uh, skateboarding and stuff like that. Yeah. And, you know, it would have been very interesting to see where his, where that character would have fit in the third movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, because we would have all wanted him to to come back, right? Yeah. Like your best performance for like, arguably one of the best villains of all time, right? Comic book villains or movie villains. Yeah, I agree. And I also like to think because the, the reason why this movie is so great is because Christopher Nolan had a great collaborator in Heath Ledger. And I, and I also would like to say that, Chris, uh, that Heath Ledger co-directed and co-wrote this movie alongside uh, uh, Christopher Nolan and, and, and company. Oh, yeah, I didn't know that. I knew, I'm not I saying knew. that he did. I'm not saying that he did, but I'm just saying that it felt like he did. Yeah, absolutely. But I know that he worked closely with uh, like those, uh, you know, those uh, those uh, those film scenes when he was like uh, with the fake Batman and all that stuff. Yeah, he, he directed that. Oh, yeah. OK, yeah, I didn't know he that. directed that um, those terrorist scenes, you know, all those things like, you know, the thing about it is that this film, this film feels more of a bat. No, it feels more of a Joker movie than a Batman movie. Would yeah. you agree? And that yeah. has been something very constant in a lot of Batman movies where the villains take front stage over the hero. Yeah, which is understandable because Batman has such a like wide and great like rogues gallery. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, um, Batman being like the spirit that's loved, um, that's something I'm, I'm not hoping that's going to be I, like for the, the upcoming movie in two weeks, right? For the mm-hmm. Batman, I'm excited to see all you see the villains because um, we have like amazing actors um, depicting them but mm-hmm. again I want I don't want to see this I want to see like Bruce Wayne I want to see the Batman and the comic book accurate version also you know? yeah I, I agree so Heath Ledger um, an astounding performance like I really enjoyed the chase scene uh, the the one where um, he's in um where he kind of goes into like the mob boss meeting and stuff like that. And he says that that guy in the, in the TV screen right there, he's going to squeal, you know, I know the squealers when I see them. Yeah. Uh, the interrogation scene. Yep. The yep. hospital scene. No, every scene he was in, he took over. Like He, he was- took over. And, you know, one thing I also enjoy about this movie is that everything that went wrong was because of him and that he controlled the the outcome of situation, like the chaos, the energy that basically was him through and through, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, that's, that, that, that was incredible. That, that was just incredible performance made by an incredible actor. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate to see that he, uh, he passed away. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah uh, let's talk about the bad. As much as I enjoy this film, there's also some bad stuff. Um, there is the misuse of, of the scarecrow. Yep. Uh, Bruce is far more comfortable. No, sorry. Bruce has been Batman for about a year. Mm-hmm. The fight scenes. Yep. Uh, the suit. How do you feel about the suit in this one? Um, I didn't really notice that big of a difference between the first one and that one i mean he um, can move his he, he could turn his neck you know he can oh, move. Okay. okay well um 
yeah well it was still i kind of felt the same about it obviously the neck thing was big um and i really like the, the gadgets that they brought right I yeah the bat wings i thought that was like a nice nod to the comics mm-hmm. um but again um still like like my brother said under the under the shoulders amazing the head though had the same problem with that. it's so tight on his face that his cheeks seem to be like all smushed together and stuff like that exactly and the and voice that's not his too but the voice the voice oh man like i'll say this in batman oh, begins the second one i feel <laughs> no the batman begins it was it was good he, he he had something really good and interesting the second one throat cancer <laughs> and and i remember uh you know, this was um, um, an interview with uh, with Robert Pattinson. He was basically breaking down all the all the his his roles and stuff like that. And he was talking about Batman. He was saying how to do that voice is very hard, and especially in this movie where there's a lot of scenes where he's mostly Batman in the movie. Yeah, and to do like this artificial, like low register type voice mm-hmm. is really hard because for one, he's British. So he has to do an American accent yep. and he has to dif- dif- differentiate those two voices. So his Bruce Wayne voice and his, his Batman voice. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I also, what I also enjoy about um, Robert Pattinson and, and, you know, the, the way that he's doing it is that he's not, he's not going too crazy with his voice. Yeah. I don't know what Christopher Nolan told Christian Bale. <laughs> I don't know what type of advice he told him, but wrong advice, absolutely wrong advice. And I understand that Kevin Conroy is very unique in his approach of doing Batman, and that to ask other actors to do it is very like you can't do it. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I would also I don't know. I would also take into consideration like I don't know. Maybe talking to Kevin Conroy and, it's, and asking him how he does it without yeah. hurting his, his his throat and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And do I don't know, like, <laughs> I remember putting out a post on my Instagram saying how the interrogation scene is serious, but at the same time, very comical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so when, when you look at uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman in that scene, like, you know, like, you're not going to laugh because, like, the, the movie is dark, obviously. But looking at that scene, just just without watching the rest of the movie and just looking at Batman himself, it's like, God damn, just speak normally, man. <laughs> like, I agree. I like agree. like a big monster. I agree. And yeah, man. So I think, um, yeah, man, let, let's just hope that Pat Pattinson doesn't, doesn't do that. You know what I mean? And, uh, on all, and all these things. Um, so I would say that Gotham and this one loses its aura. It starts Absolutely. to feel more like Chicago than than yeah. uh, than Gotham City, and then even less in the next one too. So yeah, I didn't like Rachel Dawes. No. Nope. Uh, Batman kills. Yep. Bruce Wayne is too comfortable as uh, I'm sorry, Christian Bale is too comfortable as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. And uh, Joker fight overshadows scene. Batman in this movie. Yeah. And also the fight scenes. Like a bit like the same ones, the same thing as last time, but um, yeah, uh, uh, Bruce is uh, is willing to give up being Batman very easily, 
Yeah, that I didn't like. And uh, Christian Bale not being fully utilized as an actor. And the the reason why I say it is because um, I remember there was a time, this was in like 2013, 2014, Ben Affleck had been cast as Batman. And, you know, uh, Christian Bale was basically talking about his time as Batman and how it was it like. And he said that, you know, me and Chris, we, we, we did something very interesting. Batman Begins, where we're like, okay, the guy, you know, um, you know, he, his, he loses his parents and he goes on this journey and he, and he becomes Batman. We, we, we set the foundation very, very well, right? Second movie, he felt that he wanted to explore something very deeper with Batman in a more psychological sense. And like, can he differentiate between being Batman and Bruce Wayne? Can he like, you know, put those two separate and learning how to control those lives? And, you know, and this is why I always say that, you know, Christian Bale's like Bruce Wayne personality is more dominant than than his Batman's. And from the looks of it, he really wants to go deep and like, you know, almost a sort of American psycho with it. And, uh, and, you know, and then I also felt that, you know, it's pretty obvious that I don't really feel that uh, Chris uh, Chris Nolan never collaborated very strongly with 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 Bale in this movie as as he did with uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, no, his uh, his performance was completely overshadowed, and it worked for the movie, right? Yeah. Because we got it's a trilogy, so we saw a lot of Batman mm-hmm. the other ones. But again, um, he was not he didn't seem. I think also it's part due to um, the performance, well, the the role of Rachel in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like Christopher no- uh, Christian Bell, sorry, wasn't as good of a Batman in this one, I felt. Um, I think just, well, not necessarily as good of a Batman, but again, his relationship with Rachel and how he was on scene with like such great actors. Well, not saying that Christian Bell isn't a good actor, but the performance of the Joker, he took, uh, the center stage for this movie the whole time so we didn't really see as much of, of christian bell as i would have liked and when yeah. we him, he wasn't doing exactly what i would have wanted mm-hmm. but it's understandable with the the script of the movie the the story and everything like that it's understandable why but mm-hmm. again we're, we're nitpicking at this point because it was such a great movie obviously but um yeah mm. Uh yeah, so man, I almost forgot to rate the um rate Batman Begins. Um, so with, for Batman Begins, it's for me, it's an eight out of ten. Okay. Uh, for Dar- the Dark Knight, it's an eight point five out of ten. Eight point five. Okay. I'll say for Batman Begins, uh, for me, it would have been a seven point five or an eight out of ten. Mm. And for um for the Dark Knight, it would have been a nine or a nine point five out of ten. All right, all right. Uh, I never got to ask you. How do you feel about the the score, uh, um, the um, the music, Hans Zimmer's score for these movies? Oh, amazing! I think it went so well with, especially in The Dark Knight. It went mm. so well with the pacing of the movie. How mm-hmm. like, how like it's it's almost um almost causes anxiety, you know, like mm. how intense it is, and with the story, like you're stressed, right? You're it it really grabs you and it makes you being so like immersive yeah. in the experience and 
it goes extremely well. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I enjoy this. Um, this uh, I, I like it at times. I'm not too keen on the Hans Zimmer music. I oftentimes feel that his music feels a bit repetitive. Oh, yeah? But okay. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not a... It's not as good as it, you know, like I enjoy something a bit more old school, like Batman, the animated series and, and the Danny Elfman score. And, and I'm really enjoying the score that we're getting for, um, for the Batman and this one, it really harkens back to those old memories that I enjoy about Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I really love the older um, music for Batman, the more traditional, like, like the mm. animated show, right? But again, I I was I guess I agree with you there. But I was more speaking on like for the the vibe, the overall sense of the movie. I feel like it worked for that one. But again, yeah. like you said, it's not worth. We're talking about the Christian, uh, the Christopher Nolan movies. We're talking about like yes, it's Batman, but it's not exactly the comic book Batman. So I understand mm. the choice, right? It wasn't the traditional Batman music, but um, I think for individually, if we take that trilogy apart from like the Batman universe, it worked, you know? But mm. as a Batman fan, I agree that um, it wasn't exactly Batman, so to say. Mm. Uh, all right, let's get into The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, perfect. Uh, Sounds good. So, all right. um, so before we go to Dark Knight Rises, how do you, like if you were to rank them, I know we, we could do this afterwards, but for like, the, did you, like overall, did you prefer Dark Knight Rises over Dark Knight Begins? What were your impressions? I preferred Batman Begins, The Dark Knight over uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, all right then. Um, so let's talk about, oh yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. Okay, so one good thing is that this is a Batman versus Bane story. Um, this is the, um, you know, we talked about Batman and Robin Mini Chen and how like trashy that movie was and all that stuff, yeah. how disgusting it is and all that. And we actually saw like the proper Bane in Tom Hardy and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, it has a good opening with that plane scene, which they shot for real. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Batman is a symbol of hope at the end of the movie, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Tom Hardy's Bane, minus the voice, awesome. Yeah, yeah. And, and he really, problem. yeah. Go so, ahead. Even with the voice, I think the first time I watched, I was kind of taking it back. Um, but overall, I didn't think that it completely ruined the experience for like the Bane, like the Bane mm. character. I think, yes, I thought it was a weird choice to have him have like this very like uh, I don't know how to explain it, but like this sophisticated voice almost you know mm -hmm. um but the character himself and his performance i thought was amazing and they really showed what i really appreciate with the character is that they really showed that he was also not only like this they like they showed that he was obviously this force to be reckoned with more than any character we we had seen right mm. um, him beating batman on multiple multiple occasions the ferocity of his yeah. hits that they did well but also they they showed that he was also very smart right he mm -hmm. was was calculated 
he um like it was almost like a chess play every yeah movie, i agree which i which is very like the comic like right for for being knowing his character mm-hmm. uh so han zimmer's theme um it's an emotional story yeah it's an aspiring story at the same time where like bruce wayne has to in a, in this new way conquer his fears yet again yeah and you see that with the story of the pit and how he has to climb up and all that stuff and i and i really enjoyed that yeah absolutely um and hasway selena kyle catwoman mm-hmm. now i enjoy uh, her as catwoman but i never felt that she was like that full package yeah like i always like it when you know there's the cat and I didn't. I didn't really like the costume that much. Yeah, me neither. Uh, again, she was Catwoman, but it's almost like Christian Bale's Batman. It was almost like not exactly the the Catwoman that we knew and love. Yeah, right? I agree. So this film also takes inspiration from real world events, mm-hmm. uh, like from Charles Dickens to the French Revolution. And as real real world events, it also takes inspiration from the uh, the recession from two thousand eight, mm-hmm. where you know it kind of takes this whole like thing with like the classism and you know the taking you know the the stuff from the rich and all that stuff. Yeah. And yeah, and and I really enjoyed that. It really grounds the story in in a very good sense. Um, it, it has a very good cast. I enjoyed the climb. Uh, how, how do you think about the uh, the plane, the Batwing in this one? Um, again, a bit of the same thing as um, the Batmobile. It wasn't really the Batwing. Um, mm. It wasn't exactly what I wanted. Again, real. It, it's basically like the his interpretation of the Batmobile became like the same thing with the Batwing, right? Mm. The same, basically the same thing. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't really like it, to be honest. Again, I'm a bit like, like you said earlier, I'm more of a traditional guy when it comes to like the, mm. the like the gadgets, his vehicles and everything. So um, I didn't really like it that much. Mm, I, uh, I uh, yeah, yeah, I kind of, I'm somewhat okay with it. Yeah. It kind of really resembled, I like the design of it. Um, yeah. I just don't really see how, fast it can go or you know how practical it is but overall i enjoyed it yeah and what i also enjoy about this movie is that it's a story about jim gordon's redemption in a way yeah that i yeah absolutely i agree with you there about you know the lie that batman and and, uh you know and um and gordon had to create in order to preserve harvey dent's legacy i really enjoyed that scene where uh um, you know that that uh, that scene where Batman comes back and then the bat pod and everything. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about the bat. I wrote in a lot of stuff, so I'm gonna keep it very short. Yeah. There are plot holes in this movie mm-hmm. with Harvey Dent's death, the whole yeah. Batman, their cover up, and there's just something that don't really make sense, like. You try. You're, you're in the letter. You said that the Batman didn't kill the didn't kill Harvey Dent, but yeah. he did. And so there's like a little plot hole there. The fight scenes weren't that good. Uh, 
Catwoman doesn't really have a, a true place in the story. Yeah. In the sense, because she was at, Catwoman was added on last minute. Yep. Um, problem with the audio, there were times where you couldn't really hear right. Yeah. How do you feel about uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character? Um, he worked for that individual story. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think it's a bit the same thing as Catwoman. It was a bit of out of nowhere. Yeah. I think he really had a whole a role to like uh, redirect Bruce Wayne in the right direction. Mm-hmm. It was really there for like that that um, that inspirational aspect. Mm-hmm. It was a lot really similar to Bruce Wayne. He was helping him find his way again. So that makes sense. Yeah. He's a good supporting character. But I, I feel like why it didn't match and why some of these characters did not match exactly how like they wanted it to be. Mm. That they, I, in my opinion, they kind of tried to reapply the same pacing as The Dark Knight with this one. And I feel mm. like they tried to introduce a lot of new characters in this one. And with yeah. that pacing where it's go, 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 you can only explore these characters so much. It's, it kind of feels rushed at times. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what this movie, what kind of happened with this movie at the end yeah. of the day. Because they brought in, who do they brought in? Um, uh, the, the Robin character, like uh, uh, John Blake. Is. Yeah, exactly. Um, Catwoman, uh, Talia, also a new villain, Bane, right? Mm-hmm. These new, like, uh, these new uh, police officers, these new bad guys, right? So um, they, they tackled a lot and they tried to keep the same pace, which yeah. I understand. But I feel like they could have. They almost took more that they could chew right mm. so yeah I, I agree i i always felt that with this movie i have somewhat of a love-hate relationship where yeah you know you don't see him becoming the batman we all know i mean i understand like i enjoy the art that this character goes through but there's a lot yeah. of stuff that i just felt that nolan was like okay i'm just gonna wrap up this film and i'm yeah. just gonna rush it you know what i mean yeah absolutely. and you can see that uh batman kills uh there's a lot of stuff but you know we're not going to get into that too much but and overall can i just say one thing that go ahead. bothered me you know like spoiler alert but you know at the end batman dies quote unquote right and yeah. that little scene at the end where gordon goes to that cafe and sees bruce Wayne. And alfred yeah alfred sorry goes to that cafe and sees bruce Wayne, and just a little mm-hmm. nod after like that was like basically his son and just well, that the... I get what they were trying to do, but I was like, come on. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, I, I, I didn't really, wasn't too fond of that either. But I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. Um, for me, as a rating, I would give the film, uh, hold on a minute. I would give the film like a 7.5 out of 10, to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I think I would give the same exact rating too. I think it was the the, the weakest of the three movies. Yeah. And for me, the, the biggest thing is, again, like I mentioned, it felt a bit rushed for certain mm-hmm. aspects of the movie and some of the characters I thought they didn't really need to be there. I mm-hmm. love some of them. But um, again, it was rushed. And I didn't think it fit exactly what they were trying to do. Mm-hmm. You know? But, you know, overall, I think that this is a really like great trilogy of film that really yeah, elevated the the superhero genre, um, especially The Dark Knight, which yep. is like the pinnacle of all comic book movies, as it should. 
And I really enjoyed, um, you know, the work, the uh, the work Christopher Nolan did, and, and what he really brought to the game. Um, you know, this is really goes into this this these series of film that we're discussing goes really into what we're going to be seeing in the Batman, where Matt Reeves is taking that same that same template that Nolan built right with his movies, but quadrupling it like tenfold. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And it's gonna give it more of a darker psychological vibe to it which i'm 100 uh, okay with and there is more like um i believe uh, the producer who's involved basically said to christopher nolan you know in his face that you know we're trying to beat your your trilogy yeah and you know you even have matt reeves and a lot of the cast members saying that matt reeves right now is really working very hard and completing this movie and you know hearing those things really you know are quite reassuring and all that stuff and and i think that due to the level of, of of success that these films had there's an enormous sense of pressure to whoever else takes on the batman franchise you know what i mean and also pressure to bring something different because this is a story that we've seen so many times right but yeah. i think where they're gonna uh, hopefully succeed in that is again the detective aspect dark just really nailing gotham Mm-hmm. At the batman not the bruce wayne aspect but really the batman aspect mm-hmm. to really depict like how he is in the comics this like genius mm-hmm. and um just this big detective taking on like the serial killer right all right it's a bit less on uh it's i don't think it's going to be on like the same as big of stakes that it was in like the dark knight and um dark knight rises but I'm okay with that. I just want to really see it grounded more like uh, that mm-hmm. you're more Batman and the uh, mystery aspect. Yes, as do I. So I think that about wraps it up. Um, okay. This is, of course, Brian, you know, with and I saw, of course, HN had to leave, but, you know, we'll be back again to discuss Ben Affleck and have a really, really thorough discussion about that. And hopefully we'll be done before uh, the movie comes out. So, of course, Thank you for joining us and we'll catch y'all later. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.